I mean, the beauty with the CMS company is that there's like no shortage of feedback from customers. Like, you can look at that as a good thing or a bad thing. You know, some days it's it's a tough thing. Some days it's a great thing. So now, like you said, there's a lot of headless CMSs out there. People ask me like, why did you start a CMS? You know, and I'm like. I don't know, actually. <laughs> it's kind of insane from a business perspective because it's like CMS is like not a new thing, but it really was just kind of born out of like personal pains. Hey, this is Brian, and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss modern web development with maintainers, founders, and developers. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, the leading investor and developer-first startups. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. Welcome to that installment of Jamstack Radio. On the line, we got Jake Lametta from Butter CMS. Jake, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. Big fan of the pod. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad glad you listened. I had mentioned I'd, I've known of Butter CMS for a while, but before we jump in, you just want to share real quickly who's Jake and like what's your background? How'd you get into this? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm the founder and CEO of Butter. Uh, I guess Butter CMS um, formally. Uh, my background's uh, software engineering. Um, prior to Butter, I was uh, the CTO at uh, Energy kind of startup. Um, I've been doing startups kind of my whole life. Uh, have started and failed a bunch of them. Uh, too many to count at this point, to be honest. Um, but yeah, big big fan of startups, and um, yeah, have just been always uh, dabbling in side projects and, and such. And you know, eventually came across something that seems to be working pretty well with Butter. Excellent. So, what, what what is Butter? Yeah. So, Butter is, I guess, technically a headless CMS. Although when I founded it, I thought of it as an API, and still do think of it as an API first CMS. Butter was really kind of born out of pains that I experienced when I was uh, leading engineering at some previous startups that I mentioned. So, basically, you know, we were building an energy marketplace in. Uh, we were using Django at the time, Python and Django. Um, so this was pre Jamstack days, I suppose, but. Yeah, we were building kind of a custom marketplace, and everything was going great. And then, uh, you know, then the CMO asked, "said Hey, Jake, we need to be able to write blog posts." I was like, "Cool, you know, let's use uh, this WordPress thing I've heard of. Like, it, you know, everyone uses WordPress. I've heard of it. Let's just kind of plug it in to to be our blog." Um, the thing was is that we wanted it to be, and this is a little bit of a technical detail, but we wanted it to be, you know, isite.com slash blog. We didn't want to just throw it on the subdomain because that that's not optimal for SEO. So in order to achieve kind of our site.com slash blog to really deeply kind of integrate WordPress into our own kind of native tech stack, again, we were just using Django at the time, uh, ended up being a really, really, really kind of painful process, uh, insightfully painful process, actually. So it was like, wow, you know, just kind of looking back at that, I'll spare all the gory details of what, of what that took and, and the pains and challenges there. But just sort of looking back, you know, fast forward two months, or so of trying to get that set up. I was like, man, that was exceptionally expensive, painful, complex, just to like add a blog to our existing, you know, site. Yeah. And so that was really kind of the genesis of Butter, where it was like, you know, how should, you know, as an engineer, like how should a modern CMS work? Like how would I want it to work, basically, um, was really just kind of the thought process. And that led me down to kind of thinking about some core design philosophies. I mean, like this is such an early, early days. I mean, how the CMS is well known now, but you know, when I founded Butter, I had never heard of how the CMS. I'm not sure the term. It may have existed somewhere out there, but I had certainly never heard of it, and I wasn't aware of any other companies doing things like this. 
But you know, some just some kind of the first principles of like how should a modern CMS work that I was thinking through when kind of founding Butter. Uh, you know, the, the first is that it should be able to work with any technology stack. Like that was kind of a core goal, and so that really led me down the path of like, well, it needs to be API based. So like, you know, WordPress is great; it works, but it, you know, you have to be proficient with PHP and no PHP. And so if you're not using PHP, that kind of stinks. And so it's like, well, you know, not just a bash on WordPress, but like a lot of CMSs kind of work that way. It's like, why should it matter what the CMS is built in, whether or not you can use it or not? You know what I mean? Like, what the how the CMS is built should not like determine whether or not you should be able to use it. At least that's what, you know that was my opinion. So, so with Butter, that's what took me down the API based approach. It's like, okay, well, this has to be API based, so it can be integrated into any technology stack. And then the other big thing was having it be SaaS based. So we we are SaaS only. And the thing there was like. You know, just from having to run and maintain the WordPress instance that we set up, it was like you know setting up the WordPress site, the database, patching it, securing it, scaling it, making it perform it. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff just kind of sucks. You know, like for, for CMS, like that's not what I considered uh, as a part of like core part of my day job. It was just like a byproduct of needing a CMS. You know what I mean? It's like I had to do all this extra stuff on top of like oh my actual. Important kind of core day job, which was like building this energy marketplace in, in my in my personal case. So that's why with Butter we took the approach of being SaaS based. So we handle that for you. So it's a bit odd because I decided to take that pain on and make it <laughs> a personal pain of mine for the past almost decade of my life. But you know we take that pain on so that other folks don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Okay, so you mentioned you had to make this API based because you had that conviction. So, what do you mean by API based CMS? Um, API based or API first, rather. So, like, I think of Butter in two pieces. Like, one is you know the dashboard. Obviously, we go log into Butter, you do your do your stuff, create blog posts, landing pages, that kind of thing. But then the other the other big part of it is just the API. And so, we've always been built like from day one. With an API uh, component, or you know, like that is just a core part of, of Butter. Okay, yeah, yeah. And you, you mentioned like the about the term headless CMS because like I have I have a story there if you're if you want to hear it because I yeah I love it yeah yeah started actually talking about it I'm like oh we should just hit record. Previously, when I started this podcast, I worked at Nellify and we had seen these API first CMSs like start to to grow. There wasn't a ton of them, but it was like hey, we can build front end. Focus React apps and Angular apps, and have a CMS attached to it, and then we can sort of compete directly against WordPress by just building the Jamstack in general. And uh, yeah. so we had to like think of like what is what is a term that that would could be applied to this. So uh, I don't know if uh, headless CMS was specifically came out of Netlify in particular. Okay, but there was like a small movement of people who. Who did have a bunch of bunch of names? And it's funny. I just ran into Bud Parr at GitHub University and Jamstack Conf yesterday, and like Bud Parr, he he maintains the new dynamic. Um, well, he uh, contributes and um, yeah, runs that stuff. Um, new dynamic was like a, one of the other terms of what Jamstack eventually became. Um, oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So like headless CMS was an easier way to say, hey, do you have a instead of saying, are you, is it API first? Oh, headless. Okay, headless is a term that was picking up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah, like Butter was not a headless CMS. It wasn't like day one, like, I'm going to create the best headless CMS ever. It was just like, you know, uh, like I said, uh, just kind of how should a modern CMS work, in my opinion, and, and, and kind of over the first, you know, few years or so, started stumbling across 
other CMSs seem to be doing kind of similar things. And then, yeah, eventually saw this like headless thing. And then, and then people were like, are you a headless CMS? And I'm like, yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then it became just kind of this marketing uh, sort, of, sort of thing. So, yeah. So now we're, now we're headless CMS. Yeah. It, it, it's sort of like the, all the back and forth, the conversations like, oh, could I use this thing? Can I not use it? Is it for me? Right. Like you could check a box pretty quickly by attaching a term and, and joining a movement. And which is what the, the whole Jamstack being so, Revolutionary, evolutionary. Yeah, exactly. It's really just to have a bunch of tools, projects that folks can put together to solve problems that are not sort of locked in. Like when you, like you have, you got to choose PHP if you want to do WordPress, or you've got to use. Well, you don't now. WordPress does provide a headless version. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess that leads to my question of like, how is Butter standing out from the rest? Yeah, so now, like you said, there's uh, a lot of headless CMSs out there. Um, but there, you know, there's always been a lot of CMSs out there. You know, that's the thing. It's like people ask me, like, why did you start a CMS? You know, and I'm like, I don't know. Actually, <laughs> it's, it's kind of insane from a business perspective because it's like CMS is like not a new thing. You know, they've existed for decades, but it really was just kind of born out of like personal pains. So, you know, how, how does Butter stand out from the rest nowadays? Uh, I mean, well, first of all, you know, who doesn't like Butter? Literally in the name, right? So that you know that that helps. <laughs> yeah, big fan. <laughs> uh, one thing about the company is that you know we've not raised any outside funding, um, so we're completely. Um, I guess the term is bootstrapped. I like to say we're customer funded, yeah, um, and customer focused. So um, I think that's pretty unique for uh, CMS companies, uh, just generally speaking. Like I know that we're definitely in the, in the minority there, but I think it's a really great thing, and I've you know kind of. Deliberately built the company in this way for lots of different reasons, but again, it really just allows us to be super customer focused and and really just driving product. On the product side, we really have a pretty opinionated UI for certain kind of key things. So, like we have formal concepts for blog posts, we have formal concepts for pages, and we have another concept of called collections. And basically, we really take like an opinionated approach to the UI, which ultimately means what we're trying to do there is have just an amazing experience for, for marketers and content teams so that it's just really, really intuitive and easy for them to, uh, to do what they need to. Like sometimes there's a bit of a concern moving from a traditional CMS like WordPress or whatever to a headless CMS just because the concepts are different and like how you kind of do what you need to do as far as navigating it and finding the piece of content you need to update and all this kind of stuff can be a little bit daunting. Um, and so we really try to make that not an issue at all um, as far as our UI goes. We spend a lot of time focused on our API design as well. So the developer experience. So we have a huge focus on the marketer side, but on the developer experience side, again, my background being a software developer, I want us just to have an amazing developer experience. And so that manifests itself in lots of different ways. You know, What is a great developer experience? So we try and have really, really good docs. We try and have great docs for pretty much any tech stack out there. So I encourage you to go just take a look at our docs and whatever tech stack you're using, we, we probably have a guide for it. And then our API is really clean as far as just you know how you kind of work with it. So just the design of it as well as the response of the API, the, the data that comes back is, is pretty clean, really easy to work with. So that's a big focus for us as well. And then I guess one of the sort of maybe intangible things is um, we have one of the highest MPS scores in the industry actually. So Based on a, a industry survey, so that's something really, really proud of. Uh, you know, we're, I think we're like ninety three is our NPS score. So again, that just goes back to kind of the first point around the company and being super customer focused. 
Yeah, and, and you said that you're SaaS only, so like you're specifically folks can self serve, add butter to their their toolkit. There's no sort of enterprise option or anything like that. We have an enterprise option, but um, if by enterprise you mean like self hosted, where they can run the software like on premise, we don't yeah. we don't support on premise, but we do. We are definitely like um, kind of like enterprise. Like we, we do have like enterprise customers and such that. They use us, but but they yeah they need to use us in a SaaS way where they just kind of connect to our API. Got it. Yeah. So you your how big's the team? Like how do you maintain all these different interactions and different frameworks and libraries? Yeah, it's a big effort. You know, we do kind of a mix of like in house as well as working with you know a variety of like freelancers and such. So like when you see all those different technology stacks, it's not to say that. We we internally are kind of masters of of all of them, but um, you know we just have built up like a really nice network of folks who who are basically. Yeah, I mean that's one way to scale, and it sounds like um, you know bootstrapping the the term of uh, not taking outside institutional funding. Like you, you bootstrapped your way into building a business that um, for, I don't know if you're profitable. It's a private company, so you don't have to disclose. But if it is, definitely disclose. Um, but I guess what I'm getting at is. Like, do you have like personal reasons for for bootstrapping? Have you done VC backed companies before? Yeah, so so butter is profitable, uh, which is really helpful, especially in, in times like this. Yeah, but uh, why why haven't I raised funding for butter? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, the the past companies, the past two companies I worked at, they were both venture backed, um, and it was super exciting, and I loved working, you know, working at those companies. But yeah, you know, I kind of saw a lot of it. It was just my first experience, and. Gave me kind of a good insight into what that's like, basically, and you know the, the model makes sense for certain types of, of businesses and for different certain types of reasons. But in terms of just like building butter and building my own business, the model just didn't really kind of align with I don't know maybe my my core values or thought process or, or whatever it is. So specifically, I like the idea of just being able to focus on customers, you know, and not worried about. Raising the next round of funding, perhaps you know that was definitely it's just it's just inherently part of of it, right? When you when you kind of go down that path, unless you can raise the first round and you're instantly profitable off that first round, which is quite rare, then that means you're sort of on this path of you know every twelve to eighteen months you you're back out there pitching, you know, and you're pitching to investors and you're not focused on on the customers and, and the product. And so I was like, well, if I can avoid that, that sounds good. So you know, let's let's just kind of focus on customers and, and try and build this profitably. And then, yeah, I don't know. Just the concept of like burning a lot of money every month is also really scary to me. It's like the the, the term runway, you know, is kind of a it's sort of a built-in term that's like, oh, you know, every company has runway, but it's like that's not actually true. If you're a profitable company, you don't have the, the term doesn't apply to you. You have infinite runway. Yeah. So like you know, in running butter, we've been fortunate. To not have to like think about the world in terms of months of runway left, basically. Yeah. So you know, those are the two big. Those are the two big things. Um, there's a lot of cons though that come to bootstrapping. That there's a lot of pros to raising money, right? Um, uh, that, uh, that that we've missed out on, on on this. But anyways. Yeah, that that makes sense because like the um, I, I think that the 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 VC back and the the runway and applying that and like the the burn rate, you're taking investment for the sort of the hope that you get growth. Growth really quickly, mm-hmm. uh, and if you don't get growth really quickly, then you you shut your doors really quickly. Um, so <laughs> yeah. like that becomes option. But you mentioned in passing like ten plus years of working on this problem, like you're able to see whatever the next 
the next tier of of headless or whatever the next evolution uh, when it comes to building apps uh, and like be part of that longevity and especially during this current market like not having the stress of like oh man I don't know if we're going to be able to make the next round of funding because we're not profitable yeah um, you get you do get to bypass that too as well so it is it's definitely a decision I think um, it's definitely admirable to to grow a company for this long and like make it as successful as you, you've made it so far. So um curious what's your outlook on the sort of space. Um so like this is Jamstack Radio. So I'm curious like yeah. how butter fits as a piece of the jam. Because I've <laughs> I'm I'm I like butter and jam sandwiches. I'm <laughs> I'm a big fan. Hey, I love it. Yeah. So like what's next for butter? Yeah, I mean we're continuing along, like just we've just been building this company over many years, and we've been moving. I guess from a business perspective, just been moving up market is 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 how the term goes. Um, so you know, it's been continuing to reinvest in the platform, in the product, making it better and better. Um, I mean, the beauty with the CMS company is that there's like no shortage of feedback from customers. Like, yeah, you can look at that as a good thing or a bad thing. Um, you know, some days it's 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 a tough thing. Some days it's a great thing. As far as just like to, to answer your question, like where you know where should we go? Like customers have a lot of opinions around that, <laughs> so um, so so listening to them is like definitely helps with kind of figuring that out. But yeah, I don't know. Just really want to keep your ears to the ground. I mean, there's so many new frameworks and such that are coming out uh, every every month. It feels like you know Astro Remix, etc. Interesting things have been happening in the space around around like new frameworks and, and companies kind of acquiring those and, and such. So um, I think that's kind of interesting interesting development. Yeah, in particular the the Remix and Shopify. Yeah. Remix and Shopify, that was pretty recent. Yeah, so yeah, it's kind of interesting development. But um, yeah, I mean, w- with Butter, we always want to. Um, I think we're well positioned just to kind of adapt and, and pay attention to where the market's going. I think, I mean, on the bleeding edge, and I think a lot of the folks that listen to this, you know, we're like on super bleeding edge stuff. Like, you ask the average person, like, have they heard of Astro or Remix? Not that I'm picking on them, but it's just like. We're like on the very, very bleeding edge here, and then like the rest of the the you know developer community and and, and industry, you know they're, they're still kind of catching up. I think even Headless CMS, you know, is not as necessarily pervasive as we may think it is. Even though like we're so deep in it, you know what I mean. And sometimes yeah. I go to a conference and it's like I describe Headless CMS, and they're kind of like, "Oh, what is that? That's a weird word." Like you know, tell me about that term. Like what does that mean? Um, and so the, whenever I have those moments, it's always really insightful. It's like, wow, like, yeah, we've been doing it for a while. Like, we're so deep in it. But I think if you just look across the entire space, it's like still, still probably early, pretty, pretty early days here. Yeah, for for a lot of this stuff. So yeah, and I would say that you're pretty early days from the time frame you've given me on doing the headless CMS or API first CMS as well. Uh, you're pretty early days as well because like we didn't see WordPress have the WordPress API and. Publicly available and usable until maybe shortly after Butter was created. Really? Okay. I, I actually don't know the date. I'm, that's actually a good question. I don't actually know the date of when WordPress came out with an API. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's around the date that I had an episode uh, with Shifter, Git Shifter, and they specifically were leveraging WordPress as an API. Oh. Um, okay. So that went, that might have been around 2016, 2017. Okay. Yeah. And that's when folks really, it might have been around a little bit before then, but that would have been around when people were really like intrigued and, and started to sort of explore that space because you saw Gatsby sort of grow and blossom on mm. like being able to leverage the API and, into Gatsby yeah. and build an entire WordPress blog without the WordPress um, admin interface. So 
That is the, or sorry, you would get the admin interface, but you didn't have to be locked down to PHP. PHP, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's a trend, and like WordPress is even doubling down. Where now it's it's I think the number that on the Jamstack survey that was just announced on uh, I believe Tuesday, forty five percent. Actually, it was just from the Jamstack survey. This was actually another talk I was at. So Lori Voss, who runs the Jamstack survey at Nellify, uh, shared that WordPress was forty five percent of of the web in general. Um, which is like an amazing, astounding number because yeah. I know the last number I think was like thirty or twenty five percent. Yeah, it's amazing. It keeps going up. Yeah, yeah, it keeps going up, and I think it's it's mainly because it's uh, it's inertia. Like it's a, a thing that so many agencies have built their bread and butter around. Like <laughs> no pun intended. Uh-huh. But there's a lot of opportunity <laughs> there because like at the end of the day, like WordPress is it's going to cost seventy five thousand to get a a site up and running uh, from an agency. And if I can do a SaaS model and have my you know scrappy developers add butter to it, um, there's an opportunity there to circumvent getting stuck into some... I, I don't, WordPress, it's a, it's a valuable and it's a very useful tool, but there's so much other like exciting stuff that's out there that you can build on top of, which, yeah, yeah appreciate you, your longevity and this churning along. <laughs> <laughs> that part was I love it, I love it. Well, I really, yeah, I really appreciate the kind words, uh, genuinely, and uh, yeah, I, I echo your sentiment kind of on all fronts there for sure. Yeah, I mean, the CMS space, like I said earlier, is not new and it's not small, so it's just kind of like you know, it's I don't think it's a winner take all. It's it's um, I think the fact that WordPress continues to grow, I mean, forty five percent is an amazing number. I, I, I wouldn't have been surprised to see that number start to go down, just you know, given how kind of old it is, and, and I figured it would be pretty saturated. But the number keeps going up, yeah. Um, which I think is really interesting. It's like I don't know, maybe you know, rising tide kind of floats all boats type of thing. Um, yeah. Well, it, as you mentioned, it's not a zero sum game. Yeah. Because I think what's really happening with WordPress is that they're bringing more people on the web. Yeah. Um, so as you grow. As the so the tide rises, it, it, you're growing, but they're positioned to basically attach themselves to the the, the hose of new people adding sites on the web. Because yeah. I definitely have some WordPress sites I haven't touched in years, uh, so that my site doesn't disappear because I don't touch it. I create new sites, and my new sites might be WordPress. They're not WordPress. Like <laughs> surprise, I'm using Jamstack stuff. But yeah, yeah, I build new sites all the time, every weekend or every couple weekends. Um, I'll build a new site for fun. So for that reason, I think that the web is expanding. Yeah, and I think that there's a lot of opportunity for folks to also be part of that sort of education pipeline, sort of onboarding folks onto web. And I would say like. I definitely I've come across some content for Butter and y'all show up in, in the SEO feed. So yeah, it's like it's all about this, you know, educating folks that there's another opportunity out there to get on the web, get your site live, to add a CMS to your site uh, if you want to blog or you want to maintain some content. Like that's all opportunity. But yeah, how do you get started with Butter? Like, what's the first step? How do people? If you've listened to this and you're like, you know, I want to try something besides WordPress. Like, what's the uh, what's the pitch there? Yeah, uh, go to butterCMS.com, but if you want to jump deeper into it, go to butterCMS.com slash docs, D-O-C-S. You'll see a beautiful kind of array of, of your favorite flavor of tech stacks and just pick your, your favorite flavor there. And we probably have uh, a starter project for it. One thing that we've done that's really cool is it's not just like a starter project sitting out there. Like, go take a look and then we'll, we'll actually have like a deploy to Netlify button or, you know, or, or Purcell or Heroku or whoever. Right below the, the starter project, so literally you can just like go there, buttercms.com slash docs find your favorite tech stack, click the deploy button, and have a live project uh, up and running in like literally under five minutes. And so what that project will be is it'll be 
uh, kind of the starter project that has like the nice front end hosted on your favorite uh, hosting company. Um, and that will be connected to your own ButterCMS account, which will have some kind of default uh, sort of content just built right into your account there. So it's like zero config, zero anything that you need to do. Um, so that's a really fast way for you to get like a live site up and running and you can go and customize it from from there. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for the conversation. Uh, I do want to transition us to picks. So these are things that we're jamming on. Could be music, food, tech related. Nothing's off the off the radar for at least this podcast. And uh, <laughs> if you don't mind, I'll go first. Uh, and the thing I've been jamming on is something I've been working on since June of last year, called the Secret Sauce. Uh, it's a YouTube series that we just talk with open source maintainers and founders about their open source strategy. I've been working on open source full time for about six months. So as as long as this podcast, this other podcast has been around. I've been working on this this new project, which is now live, opensauce.pizza. But yeah, Secret Sauce, just want to shout out Ryan Carinato, um, who is the maintainer of SolidJS. Um, had a great conversation with him about where Solid came from. He had been working on it for like yeah, like five, six years, oh, wow. but only folks had really kind of realized it in the last 18 months. Uh, and the reason for that is that he just started writing blog posts. Uh, started creating content uh, about what he was working on. Like started sharing his ideas and thoughts because he's a super like sharp dude. Uh, and I think it's a testament of like you got to talk about what you're working on. <laughs> you know, put it out there in the open. Uh, otherwise, people won't know what you're what you're doing. So yeah, uh, yeah, super fascinating story on his approach and how he got to where he's at today. He's working full time at Nellify, uh, doing open source. Uh, so I appreciate everyone like and subscribe. Check out that that video on the secret sauce. Uh, YouTube.com/slash/opensauce is the uh, the place to find it. You'll find the playlist. But yeah, that is uh, that's my pick. Awesome, definitely check it out. Love the name, love the name. I mean, yeah, especially food. Can't go wrong. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so um, my my pick is uh, just just OpenAI. I'm not sure if it'll be new news to anyone listening to this podcast, but just I mean, the the stuff that they're putting out is, is crazy. With Dolly, I mean, everyone knows about GTP three at this point. But yeah, it's been a while since I've had one of those like, wow, this is different kind of moments. And the stuff you see that Dolly creates, it's like I had that kind of feeling of seeing like some of the images that they generate and stuff. So there's a lot of emotions that go with it. You know, it's like this is really cool, but also really kind of crazy, maybe a little scary. You know, like what are all the implications here? So I know there's a lot of conversations online about this stuff. there's a, I guess I'll throw another secondary pick called Life 3.0. It's a book. Um, it's about kind of AI, and, and one of the chapters that it opens up with is like the story about this made-up group of super smart kind of AI developers, and like holy cow, that and it just sort of makes up this whole story around how these developers take over the world, basically. Um, and that chapter. I get like vibes of like that from from OpenAI, um, not not in a, like bad way, but just in, like in a crazy like holy cow! Like some of the stuff that this book sort of made up in this made up hypothetical is like happening. It's like happening right now, like where there's multi billion dollar companies built on top of OpenAI. You know what I mean? Which speaks, I think, to the power of of OpenAI. I mean, like you know, yeah, oh. definitely look at the, the check that out. Uh, I think it's a fascinating space. Yeah, uh, AI in general, and I think a lot of the stuff. I, it's like the the folks they everyone looks at like Star Trek as like the place that like gave us the the iPhone or like GPS and stuff like that, and uh, I think a lot of the sort of fiction that has come out in the last like twenty years is now fueling growth of or sort of progress of people like you know what actually that should exist in the world, and uh, I think AI 
Like I, I saw, um, um, I mentioned this on the podcast before, but maybe someone missed it. But I, I met a founder who's working on uh, generative AI for game programming. So when you think of like NPCs, it's like, hey, I want an NPC that's eating pizza and drinking a beer, sitting on a stool, uh, and it will generate that. Like mm. as the as it, the game is pro- like processing and, and and including stuff. So like to be able to see like new stuff happening in the game based on AI would uh, be pretty amazing for expansive worlds and and etc. So. It's kind of infinite at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, a very expensive problem, to be quite honest. Like, I, I was definitely talking about <laughs> the cost of being able to do that as a test. But yeah, I think if you've got enough will and enough time to sort of test out these problems, and maybe if you do take funding, like maybe someone will fund it or someone will hire you to do that. Yeah, yeah. I think this the the current state of development is it's extremely exciting, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where we take it. Yeah, likewise. Cool. Well, speaking of which, uh, thanks very much for the conversation. And uh, hopefully everyone, try out uh, Butter. And if you're looking for a headless CMS, uh, definitely check it out. Appreciate it, Brian. And uh, keep spreading the jam. That's all we have time for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter, at Jamstack Radio. This show is brought to you by Heavybit, the leading investor and developer for startups. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com.